and we are back. Happy Monday, May 22nd. The story continues. Tyndale, a tutor for Sir John Walsh's children, has been at too many dinners now where Sir John stirred up the conversation between Catholic priests and bishops and Tyndale in the room. And his, you know, Sir John's wife was going, gotta stop this. So Tyndale decides he needs a voice. So he decided to borrow a voice. There was a Dutch theologian uh, and a scholar named Erasmus. Uh, a lot of books been done on him. Should be easy to find all the details if you wish. Uh, he died suddenly in 1536, but until that time, he had made a Greek edition of the New Testament. He also had written very many important books. He was considered one of the top Catholic scholars and being in the Netherlands, he had some protection to go a bit further than in other places. Some places you had local lords, local kings, or some organization that was able to allow people a little bit of freedom of speech and freedom of thought. The Catholic Church was still, however, marching against such. And again, it's not a blast on Catholics. This is just a history and this is what happens when a, one church has a monopoly. Uh, and anybody who thinks differently just needs to go open some more books. Erasmus, uh, like I said, he died suddenly. Tyndale had his Greek New Testament. Uh, he was a scholar, of course he would have that. But he thought that's too dangerous. As soon as you start moving any part of scripture into English, then you're a traitor and the Inquisition comes after you. Even though we always talk about the Spanish Inquisition, there were very many Inquisitions, many of them not called that, but they were that. So he wasn't gonna go there. So he decided to start with a book that Erasmus had written, a handbook, I'm sorry, The Manual of a Christian Knight. Now, in there, that book does detail abuses of the clergy and the wrongs and the excesses of the church, of which Erasmus was a member all of his life and died a member of the Catholic Church. It always surprises people. Most of these people who were speaking against the Catholic Church just wanted to make it better. They weren't trying to leave it. Lutheran died as a member of his Catholic Church, even though a lot of Catholics of his day did not accept him as a member. He never renounced and neither did Erasmus. He considered himself a loyal uh, son of the church. So Tyndale grabbed uh, a manual of a Christian knight and he translated that into English because that was a little safer. And Erasmus in there not only does about the wrongs and excesses, but says we need to return to scripture. Ding, ding, ding. In the 1500s, that was a new, startling, terrifying idea. And just as a quick side note, those of my brothers and sisters in the Christian faith who believe that we must have the Bible, believe the Bible, know the Bible, understand all of these doctrines, have no answer for then how was anybody saved before really the 1900s when Bibles became inexpensive enough that most people could get them. They don't answer that. We are saved by Jesus. The Bible brings us to Jesus.
But the way the Bible got to us is not always a clear, clean story. Uh, sometimes it gets rough. Here you go. He started with this uh, Erasmus's book. And when he gave his translation to Sir John and Lady Walsh, they both decided that their, their, their kid's tutor was a lot more important, bright, intelligent fellow than they had even imagined. So they stopped inviting clergy to the house. They thought, no, we gotta protect this guy. This is a, a rare mind. So they said, take time. You, you're excused from other duties. Explore this new teaching, this idea of going back to scripture. So he did. However, there are other dinners and other people reporting on dinners. And the local clergy then issued a summons. Tyndale was to appear before them. Remember, there was no separation church and state. The church was the state and vice versa. So the summons, the, they there before them, they reviled, quote, reviled me like a dog. Tyndale said. It was awful because of his horrible crime of questioning his betters in the church and of daring to assume that people need the scripture when they have Mother Church. The only thing that saved him was that Sir John liked him and Sir John had money and some men. They couldn't dismantle his defense either. And Tyndale kept bringing up, well, the scripture says, well, the scripture says that infuriated them, but they didn't know the scripture so they couldn't defeat his arguments. Tyndale really hoped, we know this because he wrote, uh, he, was, he was a pro prolific writer, so we know what he was going through. He really hoped he was gonna change these guys' minds and he'd find supporters among the Catholic Church and uh, clergy that would help him bring the Bible back into the Catholic Church and just make it a better church. Well, he was, he was wrong. He even made a list of the errors that they could start correcting. Oh, that did not go well against him. Uh, they, the clergy people had all kinds of freedom they had all kinds of money, access to anything they wanted, including people, sex, wine, whatever. Uh, but, and, and then all, we had a lot of faithful, good, sweet people as well, but those people don't get in charge. Uh, we all know that. Every time there's an election in America, come on, you're looking at them going, this, these are our two best options? Out of a country, 300 and what, 30 million? This is, this, this is the cream of the crop, is it? That's, um, that's what churches do too. Uh, so they were, um, they were not happy that somebody would come along and try to get rid of the abuses and take away some of their fun. So um, there was, um, there were, how can I put this? There needed to be a saving of the scripture and it wasn't gonna come from the priest. So back to our story. We're gonna put Tyndale here because he's in the 1500s, but you need to know something about Wycliffe before he died. Uh, he caused a lot of trouble as well among priests, 
for going after them for their immorality. His, um, he was protected, but then he wasn't because his king went off on a crusade. You've watched Robin Hood, I'm sure, read the stories. There are so many different versions of it. And the 2018 one didn't even try. It looked like a steampunk version of a dystopian future. And the only thing in common with Robin Hood was the name and there were some arrows. But you go back for the, you, there are some really amazing movies and some books and such. Whether or not Robin Hood really existed is not the issue. But that same story, he was Sir Robin of Loxley and therefore he was to be protected and the people were to be protected. They had certain rights that had come to them. But King Richard was off on crusades and therefore the minor officials, like the sheriffs, the word sheriff comes from Shire Reeve or the head enforcement officer of the Shire. Those people took control. Well, it was King Richard that was off on a crusade and therefore Wycliffe was left without protection. Uh, eventually Oxford kicked Wycliffe out, by the way, because they didn't want to be shut down. He set up a little church in Luttersworth in 1375. He translated some scripture into English. He entrusted those little bits and pieces to his followers. Um, if you've ever been a part of a scripture society, like the American Bible Society, there are many others. You know that they do print sections, you know, the book of John, or just a few, you know, the Lord's Prayer and a few things like this, and these little things in many languages so that you can pass those out. And I've given those out in different languages and people have received them quite well. That's what he was doing. They were to take these bits of the Bible and go village to village and read them to people to say, hey, have you ever wondered what's in there? Here's some of what's in there. But many of those people were captured, imprisoned, tortured, some were killed. Transcribing a Bible by hand was a very, very long, difficult process. Uh, some of you, I've, I've actually talked to two or three people in my life who are transcribing the Bible by hand just for their own devotions. That's amazing. It's absolutely, you know, I would try it, but I wouldn't be able to read it after I wrote it because my handwriting. Anyway, 1384, John Wycliffe dies of natural causes. Uh, he didn't release the Bible into the hands of the common people in their own language. He just kind of got it started. And so that's why Tyndale and Huss, uh, all of these people are, are very, very important. And all of them are trying to bring to us a Bible in our own language. And it's not an easy process. I'll explain why. We want to know what the Bible originally said. But how do we know that? It is universally agreed. There's not a person on the planet that doesn't agree with this. We do not have any original manuscript of the Bible. Those are called autographs. So we have nothing written by Moses. We have copies of the books written by Moses. We have nothing written by Luke. We have copies of Luke's books. You see what I'm saying here? Now these copies are voluminous. We have a lot of them. And some of them are just in fragments, but others of them are, are 
nearly complete. And so we put them all together and there are variants and the variants can be important, but not terribly important. None of them, uh, for example, would impact your salvation. I love reading the books of Bart Ehrman, but he always oversells and underdelivers. you know, um, misquoted and, you know, different gospels and you know, this word could actually mean that word. And you're looking at it going, and that makes zero difference, no difference at all. But we would really like to get autographs or at least the oldest manuscripts we could get. And there's the problem. Wycliffe had no access to these. He had access to Jerome. 10, you know, that was 400 AD, if you remember that story from a couple of weeks ago. Tyndale had no access to these. He had access to a Greek text written by a Dutchman named Erasmus, just a little bit around the time of Tyndale, and um, Tyndale lived longer. Uh, he was a younger man when Erasmus died. But what did Erasmus have? Well, he had Jerome, and he had a few other texts. We didn't have very many texts. Even when the King James Bible is, is produced, they had to rely upon Jerome, Erasmus, and a few of these others. In other words, still copies of copies of copies. We have far more ancient manuscripts today than Tyndale had, than Wycliffe or Huss. Huss wasn't that much of a translator. Uh, Erasmus or even Jerome, we have older stuff that we can now look and say, oh, for example, it is considered um, understood now that Joseph might, the father of, of Jesus, uh, earthly father, we, we're all aware of where Jesus came from, may not have been a carpenter because that word is usually used to mean a stone crafter, a stone carver. Um, it can mean carpenter, but I just kind of find it more interesting to think that he was a stone mason and Jesus grew up cutting stone and growing stronger and scarred as he did so. But regardless, um, getting the Bible has been a tough, long road and we're still getting it because we're still digging up stuff. We will talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls because people think, aha, aha. One of the great problems with the Dead Sea Scrolls is that they found them and then we didn't hear anything for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. And we'll tell you the story behind that. And it wasn't because people were hiding explosive stuff. And I really wanna give a few minutes here and then we'll continue our story next week but a few minutes here to talk about the Da Vinci Code type stuff that you hear. The lost books of the Bible, the hidden books of the Bible, the manuscript deep in the Vatican Library, that if you read it, it explodes, it blows the lid off of all of Christianity. We've heard these stories, they've always been there. People have written these books and there is zero basis in fact. I just mentioned Bart Ehrman, by the way, He's an agnostic slash atheist who doesn't believe in what the scripture says, but even he wrote a book just blasting the Da Vinci Code because it's nonsense. You don't hide stuff like that. It gets out. Do you really think, have you met people? Do you really think there's a cabal that is trying to keep the truth of Christianity away from you? 
to, so that it doesn't lose its power. What power? Have you, have you watched television, movies? Have you paid attention? I'm not really sure that we're the power players in most arguments and cultures. That said, <clears throat> what we do is we find more and more stuff all the time. And it allows us to sharpen up our understanding of scripture. But there are no documents out there that have been found that blow the lid off of things, not even in the Dead Sea Scrolls. In fact, the Dead Sea Scrolls has helped validate many of the texts that we have and then illuminate other texts by showing us the stories behind some of the things we read in scripture and weren't quite sure what they were referring to. But we'll talk about those another time. The Catholic Church was serious about holding on to its power, though Tyndale knew this. You see, 14 years after Wycliffe died, the Pope was finally able to get a man to Arundel, where they dug up Wycliffe, they put his body on trial, they convicted him of heresy, burned him, and threw his ashes into the Severn River there. Think about that. 14 years after a guy's died, you're gonna dig him up and put him on trial, burn him and throw his ashes out there. Don't let him be buried in consecrated ground. That was another Catholic superstition slash tradition. Therefore, he is now lost. He can never be raised because only you'll only be raised from consecrated ground. Well, while all this is going on, there's a German guy carving some blocks of wood and he begins to realize that he can form letters, not just pictures. People have done pictures, carving in blocks of wood and printed those. And that man would soon create what we call a printing press. Laborious, difficult, oh my goodness, the amount of time it took. But now books could be put out there. Books that might be affordable for people in the middle class and up for the first time. And that would change everything. By the time Tyndale came along, it was time for this to move forward. And we'll talk about that next week. Thank you. If you have questions, Patrick Mead at rsafeharbor.com. Please tune in to our worship on Sunday and check in and let us know you're there. It just tickles us. We love it. Also donate if you can, it's huge for us. Subscribe. And just know that we love you. Uh, we've got material up every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Sunday. And sometimes a special video will pop up just to answer some questions. God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.